we are to, busy with a sermon series on prayer, and uh, basically the, what we said about this series is that the essence of prayer is having a conversation with God. It's literally going back to the basics and talking to God. So what we did with the series is we went and we looked and did a study on prayer, and we literally went to the, I want to say, the skeleton of prayer, what prayer is really about. So here is a quick recap on our prayer uh, series. So first of all, we started with the first week that we said that prayer is about sharing our heart with God. It's about sharing our our innermost thoughts with God. It's about, um, no, it's not about big words. It's not about long sentences. It's not about all the fancy things you can say when you pray. It's about sharing your heart with God. In the second week, we say that in order for prayer to be a conversation with God, God also needs to speak. God also needs to have time to have, that, have a conversation with us. So what we said is that we need to come, come to a place where we cut the noise in our lives, all the voices in our lives that keeps us from Christ, and so that we can hear His voice and spend time, um, spend time in His presence and hear His prayer. Thank you. <laughs> like, this light is so bright. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, so, yeah, that was the second part. The third part is we can pray. We know that we can pray with big expectations. We know that God hears us, and we know that God answers us. So we shouldn't be afraid to pray big, bold prayers. And that's not bold like me. Big, bold prayers and going to the next level, trusting God for things that we don't usually do. So big, bold prayers. And then in the fourth week, we learned that God doesn't always say yes to all our prayers. So God has a specific plan and a specific purpose for your life. And usually God answers yes to most of that, to mostly answers yes to the prayers that is in line with God's plan and purpose for our lives and if it's beneficial for us. So we shouldn't be surprised when we pray selfish prayers and God says no. So that's what we learned in the fourth week. So basically we ended the series last week, but after a discussion that Louis and I had, we decided to add one more part to the series. And um, today's part is going to be really practical, and we are gonna, literally going to look into some pointers in prayer. So we're going to look at one hand, literally pointers, pointers in prayer, and uh, we're going to discuss some things in that. So. Before we start, there's this one image that always comes across my Facebook wall. Um, so, and it keeps on popping up. I want to say years, but I'm thinking I'm over-exaggerating. Um, it must be months for the last couple of for the last couple of months. I'm constantly seeing it. I don't know why until I started prepping for this service. So, if we can move on to the next slide, please, you will see that picture. I want to share it with you now. Going into the prayer room versus coming out of the prayer room. Who has seen that on their Facebook? Yes, you've seen it. So there's always some tiny that's sharing that. And I never know why. And yeah, like I said, now I do. So what, this is such a great visual represent, representation of how encouraging, of how uplifting uh, a flourishing prayer life can be. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. If you're a little kitty, if you're not feeling really good, if you're on the lowest point of your life, if you can go into the prayer room, spend time in the presence of God, and you can step out of that. You know that you're going to feel like a different person. Why? Because God's presence will fill you up and He will be with you. And you will step out of that room 
feeling better, knowing that, the, that God Almighty is with you, right? Whoever went into the prayer room feeling, ah, it's not a good day today, I'm not sure I want to pray, stepping out and feeling great and having everything for that. Are there many of you that has ever experienced that? Great, awesome. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So with this picture in mind, there's a, there's, there's a little scripture I want to share with you. And if you can throw that on the screen, Acts 4 verse 13. So every time you see that picture, I want, to remind, I want you to be reminded of this verse. And I want you to be reminded why spending time in the presence of Jesus is so important. So Acts 4 verse 13, let's quickly read it. The members of the Jewish council were amazed when they saw the boldness, not like me, of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. And this is the, that last sentence is the one I want you to underline, to write down, ball, pay, to, to, yeah, to paste it on your door, uh, to put it on your cell phone. And, yeah, and it says, they also recognized them as men who had spent time with Jesus. So I know this verse has actually got nothing to do with prayer, but it's got everything to do with spending time in the presence of Jesus. These men were not only bold in what they were doing, those around them noticed that they are men that has been spending time in the presence of Jesus. I want to guarantee you today, if you take that step to grow, if you take that next step in faith and saying that I want to grow in my prayer life, not only will the way you do things become differently, people around you will start to recognize that you are a person that has been spending time in the presence of Jesus. And that is my heart's greatest desire for myself. And that's my desire for you today, that people will look at you, will look at me and say, wow, there's something different about that person. And the only reason can be that they have been spending time in the presence of Jesus. So that is my my greatest desire uh, for you and for myself. So how do we get from the little kitty picture to the, to the lion? So how do we get from a low point in prayer or to a, a, I almost want to say to a prayer life that is non-existing or I'm just praying because that's what we do before we sleep to a prayer life that is uplifting, that is encouraging and that is flourish and that is flourishing. So I want to say to you, the answer is to pray with purpose. And that is the, the next part of the series name, praying with purpose, to pray with purpose, to have a plan when we pray. So also realize uh, I'm, not going, I'm not contradicting Louis in the sense that prayer is speaking and pouring out your heart to God. There's no, there's no rhyme. There's no nothing that we need. Um, in that. It's just opening up our hearts to God. So when I say we pray with purpose and we have a plan, it's still you. It's still pouring out your heart to God. Okay, so how do we spend time with Jesus today? By prayer, by reading His Word, and listening to Him. That is how we spend time in the presence of Jesus today. Prayer, read his, reading His Word, and listening. So, would you ever climb in your car and just drive without a plan? But you just not looking at how many fuel you have, nothing, just climbing your car. No, none of us would do that. Even if we go on wherever the road may take us type of trip, 
we have an idea, we have a plan, we have our Google Maps ready, we have everything ready for that trip, we know we have fuel in the car, we might not know where, we, where we're going to sleep tonight, but there's a plan and there's a purpose in that trip. Um, I'm reminded of many of my 11 p.m. drives at night was to get my little boy to fall asleep because he was fussy throughout the day and then we load him in the car when he doesn't want to sleep and we take a drive and then he falls asleep. So that was the purpose in that. So it's the same with prayer. If we go into the prayer room with no purpose, with no plan, prayer would be not, not fulfilling. There, there will be no fulfillment in our prayer life. When, there will be something missing from there. But if we have a plan, if we, if we have something to, to guide us, then our prayer life will grow into something. So, and I want to say, you won't fall asleep anymore when you're in the middle of your prayers. Because we have that moment where we're praying, and then the next moment we wake up, and then, oh, it's morning. And I want to say, it's because we didn't have a, pl uh, a plan when we pray. So I think the biggest struggle we all have is that we want to pray. We want to have that flourishing prayer life. But sometimes we just don't know how. We don't have the plan. Maybe you, your parents taught you rhymes and songs to remember when you pray. Uh, maybe you grew up in a Christian home. You know the Lord's Prayer by heart. That is, that it's a, that's a plan to pray, and we will discuss that a little bit later. Um, maybe you know that. But if you pray the Lord's Prayer, which is not the problem, but if you pray it without expectation, without thinking about what you're praying, with, what, what you're praying about, you are missing the joy a flourishing prayer life can bring you. So even the disciples came to Jesus and asked Jesus, Lord, how should we pray? And Jesus presented them with a plan with how to pray. And uh, that plan we'll find in Matthew 6 from 9 verse 13. So this is our main text for today, and uh, we're going to look at it right now. So you can follow me on the screen. If you have the Bible app version on your phone, you can follow there uh, or follow in your Bible and keep it open there. Um, we're going to go through it the whole time. So verse 9. This then, Jesus is speaking here, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven, those, as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And that is the text we, we're going to read today. And what I want to do now is I want to break it down into five parts. I had it in four, but I decided to break it down into five parts. So you'll see up on the screen the, the building blocks of this prayer. So Jesus starts with our Father who's in heaven. That whole part is about worship. It's about moving into God's presence and worshiping Him. And then you see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as, on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer is a prayer for God's purposes, a prayer of God's purposes. And then you see, give us today our daily bread. That's a prayer for God's provision in our life, praying for our daily needs. And then we go down and we see, and forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven our debtors. It's prayer about forgiveness. And then it ends it off, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's a prayer for me. It's a prayer for, Lord, please guide me, spiritual guidance. And that's the building blocks of the, the Lord's Prayer. 
So today what I want to do is I want to introduce you to five pointers of prayer. So it's a little bit easier than the Lord's Prayer, but it's not different from the Lord's Prayer. So it's the same, but maybe in a different wrapping. So all the, the, um, the, 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 the content you find in the Lord's Prayer, you'll find in the five prayer pointers. Why do we do the five prayer pointers? Because we realize and we recognize that not everyone grew up in a Christian home. We realize and we recognize that not everyone finds it easy to remember a long piece of prayer like that. So um, it is really good to remember the Lord's Prayer. And if you use that as your prayer plan, awesome. Keep on doing that. Pray with purpose. Pray with expectation when you pray that prayer. But we're going we're gonna to show you the five prayer pointers. And these five prayer pointers we also show in our we do in our step into faith class so if you have been into our step into faith class you have done our five prayer pointers very very lightly so i'm going to do it a little bit more in detail today so what we're saying is it's the exact content of the lord's prayer but it's going to be in a different wrapping so the prayer pointers are on one hand so you look at your hand like this and you start with the thumb furthest from you and you end with the, the, your pinky. I actually googled a synonym for pinky. I couldn't find one except for signs names and stuff like that that I'm not going to even try to pronounce. So pinky or small finger. So you move from the furthest from you to the closest to you. So yeah, and that you start from there. So let's start with the thumb. The thumb is all about praising God. That's the first part of the Lord's Prayer. And it's so cool to start with it. This, to start with it. So an easy way to remember is the thumb can do everything, like someone we know, Jesus, like God. So the thumb can do everything. It can go anywhere, and it's our strongest finger, right? I think, it, I, I think that's a fact. I'm not sure. So it's one of the strongest fingers in our hands. So we connect that with praising, with worshiping God. And the best place to start off in prayer is by worshiping, by, by starting off our praises, by focusing on God, not on me. God first. We focus our prayer on God. We focus in, in, on how amazing and how awesome God is in our lives. We literally song, sang, sang songs, not song sangs, sang songs this morning about how awesome, how great God is. 10,000 reasons. 10,000 reasons to worship the Lord. Um, great are you, Lord. This were, these were all songs of worship, of songs praising God for who he is. It's how Jesus started his prayer. Our Father, may your name be kept holy. That is what hallowed means. May your name be kept holy, be set, set apart, be, be different from any other name in this world. So this is what, this is what um, Jesus is doing. He's starting off his prayer with praise. And I love the Psalms. The Psalms has so much content when it comes to praying. And hear how David praises God in Psalm 33. Sing joyfully to the Lord, you righteous. It is fitting for the upright to praise Him. Praise the Lord with the harp. Make music to Him on the ten-stringed lyre. Sing to Him a new song. Play skillfully and shout for joy. 
For the word of the Lord is right and true. He's starting to praise God now. He's faithful in all he does. The Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. The story host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts them into... He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. This was a prayer of praise from David. So if you want to see a lot of examples about praise, go to the Psalms. David is an expert in that. And uh, when we start to read that, we see that David literally searched for every and all reasons to praise God. He'd look at the ocean and praise God. He'd look at the creation and he would praise God. He would look for the touch of God in his own life and he would praise him for it. So worshiping God is literally a declaration of God's worth-ship. If you break down worship, his worth-ship to you. In the sense, to put it differently, who is God to you? And what has he done in your life? Who is God to you? And what has he done in your life? So basically saying that God, you are a faithful God. You are so good to me because I've been going through this, this or that time. I've been at the lowest point in my life and you raised me up. This is basically what worship is about. It's by focusing on who God is for you and what has he done in your lives. For David... I think God was overwhelming for him. I think he had so many reasons to worship God. So many reasons. And he overwhelmed him. And I think that's why David wrote so many psalms. So many psalms um, of just praising to God. And I want to say um, that if you start looking for reasons to praise God, you're not going to be able to stop. Your prayer life is going to go from... (coughs) from a low to a high because you're focusing, your focus is not down here because it's upwards to the, to the Lord. You won't be able to stop. You're, if you focus on God, starting off on Him, you go to a high and God fills you with joy, with peace, with hope. So that's why we can go into the prayer room as little kitties and come out feeling different because our focus is not on ourselves anymore. It is on God. It's not about me, but who is in me. So that is, that is the thumb about praising God. Then we move to the index finger. So the index finger um, is the easiest one, I think. So we all followed the Rugby World Cup, and we saw the universal sign language for thankfulness. Every time someone scored a try, finger goes up and eyes goes up. So the universal sign for thankfulness. So you can remember this one. So um, the index finger is a sign for thankfulness. So... Thankfulness and praise always go together. So in the Lord's Prayer, we don't specifically see thankfulness in Jesus' prayer. Um, But we know that we can add that to this prayer because, like I said, um, worship and thankfulness go together. We worship God most probably because we are thankful for Him. But we also worship God when we are in the low. But worship and thankfulness goes together. And I want to read you a prayer of thanksgiving from David again, Psalm 100 from verse 4 to 5. David says here, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord and praise, praise his name. 
For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. There's always a reason to worship and there's always a time to be thankful. So use this prayer point. Thank God for his provision and protection in your life. Thank God for your good health. You can literally open your heart before God and show your thankfulness and share it with God. Not only will this teach me an attitude of thankfulness, it will teach me to see the small miracles in my life. It will teach me to see the, the small changes that God is bringing in my life and give you more a reason to worship. And we'll start looking for the bigger reasons, um, for the bigger miracles in our lives as well. Then we move on to the middle finger. So the middle finger is intercession. So intercession is a fancy word to say to pray on behalf of someone else, standing in the gap, okay? So because it's the middle finger, it's not prayers of curses. We're not cursing anyone. So uh, we always, uh, yeah, like I said, this is not taxi praying. So we're not praying someone goes off the road or anything. Um, so the middle finger we use for intercession. It, we always pray for someone else's good, for, for God's purposes, for God's flourishing in their life. So, yes, um, yeah, for God's purposes. So, I want to read to you uh, Paul's prayer to the Philippians. So, he prayed for the Philippians. He was interceding for the church of Philippi, and he was saying, I pray to you that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation and the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. So intercessory prayers can be for, for anyone. And we see in the Bible that there was a lot of people that did intercessory praying. Moses, I can't even tell you how many times he interceded for the Israelites. God wanted to destroy them, and then Moses would intercede for them and ask God to, to spare them. Jesus went to Peter before he was crucified. He, Jesus went to Peter and he said to him that, Peter, I've prayed for you so that your faith may not fail. So that when you repent, when you return to me, that you will encourage the faith of the other disciples. Um, that, that is one example. Also, if, if you look at the Lord's Prayer, Jesus also prays that he prays for God's kingdom to come and his will be done on earth. A prayer for God's purposes. We're praying, we're interceding for someone else here. So praying for God's purposes in the life of someone else. So interceding is so much more than just praying for someone's good health. Um, if you're in a bad spot in your marriage, I want to ask you, are you praying for your spouse? If you are at a place where your work is not good for you and your boss is ruining you or whatever, um, are you praying for that circumstances? Are you praying for that? Jesus in the Bible, he tells us, pray for your enemies. Pray for, your, for those who persecute you. And um, he even goes to practice what he preach, preaches. And on, uh, while he was being crucified, what was his words? Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. 
So that is a form of interceding, is to pray for each other. And it's not necessarily always good um, situ situations or circumstances. We pray together in all situations. We, we intercede for everyone there. So and I, yeah, another, another example of people that I think are the biggest intercessory prayer, prayers is uh, parents. Parents are constantly praying for their children. Um, since I became a father, I realized that and how, how that is a real thing in your life. I mean, I pray daily for my son, Zach, and I pray for those he is surrounded with because he's a dangerous two-year-old. So I constantly pray, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I constantly pray for God's protection and will in his life. So intercessory, intercessory praying is for everyone. God also encourages us to pray for your government. Pray for your church leaders. Pray for everyone. So if you're unhappy with the government, if you're unhappy with the things of South Africa, I want to ask you, are you praying about it? Are you interceding? Are you praying for a revival here in South Africa? Are you praying that the Spirit of God will touch the hearts of people so they would change and they, they would be more obedient to the will of God? This is what intercessory is all about. But not only do we pray for those we love, we pray for those who hurts us, who persecutes us, and so on. But also, we pray for those who do not know Jesus. We pray for those that God's kingdom should um, become a reality in their lives. We pray for those that God can be in their, their lives. So we have literally a reason to pray for anyone and everyone around us. Then we move on to the ring finger. The ring finger, also easy one to remember, it's the weakest finger in our hand, it's weird. It can't do nothing without the middle finger. So if you think about it, um, the, the ring finger, we can connect with confessing, confessing our weaknesses, bringing our um, weaknesses before God. So we admit that we have fallen short of God's grace and that we need His help. We admit our wrongdoings before God. And because we're older, sometimes we think that, you know, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not burning with lust or desire as I used to when I was a, was a little kid. I, I'm not um, rebelling against my parents like I did. But the Bible teaches us clearly that nobody is without sin. And that if you say that you are without sin, you are a liar. That is what the Bible says. So every one of us has something to confess before God, has something to bring before God. And if you really don't know what, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to reveal to you what you have to confess, what you have to bring before God. And I promise you, God will show you areas in your life where you can grow, where you can ask forgiveness, or forgive someone that you didn't, didn't know you, ha you had to. So in the Lord's Prayer, we have that example where Jesus says, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sinned against us. Here how David puts it. I love David. I love the Psalms. So um, Psalm 32 verse 5. Um, this is from the NLT version. It goes, Finally, I confessed my sins all to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me and all my guilt is gone. All my guilt is gone. So, like I said, it, looks like, it may look like an easy prayer point to remember, but being forgiven 
is not more important than forgiving. We should always remember that. In the Bible, we read in Matthew 6 from verse 14 to um, 15, we see that where Jesus says, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive your trespasses. And if you don't forgive others their trespasses, neither will the Father forgive you your trespasses. So this is not my words. This is the words of Jesus. And this is why forgiveness is so important. It's a hard condition. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping someone else's dies. That, that, that is the concept of unforgiveness. So, yeah, unforgiveness um, is, is something that we need to pray about. And it might not only be a once-off thing. We might to pray about that daily. We, need, we might pray for that person every single day. And the more we do that, we start to understand a glimpse of the grace of Jesus Christ. Because God forgave us. And we start to understand that grace. So prayer doesn't change God. I want to I want to add this. Prayer doesn't change God, but prayer changes me. Prayer changes my actions. And what I love about confession is how God always turns it into a moment. When we open our hearts before God and we say sorry, he turns it into a moment and we experience his grace and his love. And I really love that about the confession part. So to summarize quickly, the thumb is for praise. The index finger is for thankfulness. Um, middle finger is for intercession. The ring finger is for a confession. Okay, and then we get your listening, right? <laughs> and then we get to the last one, and that is the pinky or the small finger. So the pinky is where we start to focus on me. It's when we start praying our personal prayers. It's when we start to petition our hearts on our needs before God. And that's what Jesus prayed for. Father, give us today our daily bread. And later on he asked, God, don't let us fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is all focused on me and my needs. So we are a personal prayer is, is aimed at asking God for his provision and his spiritual guidance in our lives. So David in Psalm 31 says, O Lord, I have come to you for protection. Don't let me be disgraced. L uh, later on he states, I entrust my spirit in your hand. Rescue me, for you are a faithful God. Um, David is just like passion passionately opening his heart before Jesus. And Jesus wants us to know that we can trust him, that we can put our faith in him, that when we pray to him, he hears us and he answers us. And we can pray with big expectation. Another tip I want to add here is don't pray what you think God wants to hear. Don't pray what you think God wants to hear. Pray what's on your heart, because God already knows what's on your heart. And we, we always fall into the trap of pray, praying what we think God wants to hear, then we want to pray the big words. We want to pray the, the, the good rhymes and everything. And that's not who we really are. We, God wants to hear each and our hearts completely. So pour, our, pour out your heart before God. Pour out everything before Him, and you will see how your needs and everything will be found sufficient in your lives, if that makes sense. So to wrap it all up, we have the five prayer points, and we can use them in to go into the prayer room. So we have a plan. 
So we have a plan. So while we pray, we, we're going in with a purpose. We're starting in with thanking God, with worshiping, oh, with worshiping Him, and praising how big He is, and what He's doing in our life, and how great and how awesome he is for us. Then we move on to thankfulness. We're saying, Jesus, thank you for this. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my children. Thank you that I can have a car. Thank you that I can have a house. Thank you for this job or so on. There's so many reasons to be thankful for. Then we move on to intercession. Lord, please help this person. Lord, please let this person find you. Lord, please. Um, yeah, we, we, there's so many reasons for people to pray for, to pray for people. And then we go to confessions. That's where we pray and say sorry to God. If we did something wrong, if we missed something that he wanted us to do, we say sorry to God in this section. And then the small finger is about me and all my needs. So we're moving on. Yeah, I, I just love this method because we're, we're focusing on God from the beginning. We're just starting on a high. And then when it comes to me, Usually, my needs doesn't see that, that big anyway. And um, yeah, it's, it's such a great tool to have. So this is a tool that I want to present to you today that you can take in, in your prayer room to go in and pray with purpose or to pray with a plan. Maybe you use a different one. That's great. But I just want you to pray with expectation, to pray with purpose, to go into the room and, and come out a different person than you went in with. So I want to tell you that if you have a plan, if you have a, pers a purpose in your prayer life, your, your prayer life will go from surviving to thriving. And that is my, my dream for you and my hope for you is that it goes from surviving to thriving. And we all get to places where we just survive. But we need to take the time to spend with Jesus. Remember that part in Acts? People recognize that they, have been spend they were people that spent time with Jesus. We need to spend that time with Jesus. We need to make the time. We need to plan to pray with purpose. So if you have a tough time scheduling your prayer, I want to encourage you to make that space in your, in your, uh, in your day. So, yeah, I want to leave you with a passage from Hebrews, uh, verse 14, verse 6. And it reads like this. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence. This is an invitation for each and every one of us to come into God's presence with confidence. God wants you to talk to him. God wants you to come into his presence. And I want to encourage you to take that time Go into his, his presence and you'll receive mercy and you'll receive grace and everything you need, you'll find in God's presence. God invites every single one of us. All we need to do is accept the invitation. Let's pray. Father God, you are such a mighty and holy God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all the blessings that you, you bring us. Thank you that we as a church can come together and worship you and just be glad of what you are doing in our lives. Lord, I pray for each and every person that is here today. Lord, bless them as they go out into, into their week. Lord, give them strength. Give them courage. Give them everything they need to, to have a good and thriving week. Lord, I also pray that you will help us to have 
to take that step into having a, a thriving prayer life, into ta taking that step into making time to have a conversation with you. Lord, I pray that you will be with us, give us strength and protect us from, from everything that wants to hurt, to hurt us. Lord, I pray that you will help us when we sin, when we, when we fall. Lord, I pray that you will be there to pick us up and help us grow from that situation. Lord, thank you that we can know you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.